Hey, welcome to the Medicine Cabinet Podcast. Now here's one of our sponsors. Pay the bills, gotta pay the bills. This episode has been sponsored by Jellyfish Treasury. Jellyfish Treasury is a line of jewelry and other custom-created conceptual and sentimental treasures designed to both celebrate and contribute to life's beauty. You can collab with the jeweler and put the things you love in your accessories. Jellyfish Treasury began as a series of earrings with images of artists collage with recycled materials, antique findings, and colorful beads from all around the world. Custom colors, custom fit styles for your vision. There are many ready-made items available, though the real heart of Jellyfish Treasury is making something out of the buyer's sentiment and the maker's imagination. This already product name. If you're not sure what you want, check it out. Get some ideas. Make an order. Go. Adorn yourself with your views. This episode, Easy e Eric Silberg. Said, uh, I've, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a classical bassist, as most of you, not most of you know, but the ones that do know me, saying, uh, I'm a classical bassist, and I, I might play with a violinist from time to time. And Eric is one of the viol- is he's one of the violinists I play with. And in this episode, and in this episode, we talk about the 12 credit cards, 12 to 15 credit cards. We talk about Sandbox. Y'all need to check up on Sandbox. That's some cult shit. I'm trying to figure that shit out still. And then, uh, and we talk about like uh, his different uh, adventures that he has. Uh, he has like a program out in Hawaii, like a little festival in Hawaii. Not a little festival, but he has a festival in Hawaii where, and like he's working with coffee beans over there. And like, I'm saying a lot of random things right now, but you have to check out the episode to see how it all connects. You know, and like, uh, good friend, man, good heart, you know, and like, uh, you're going to hear that and like uh, what he inspired me and motivated me to do is get on my grind so I can get to that level where I can do some of this, uh, get some of these rebates from the credit cards and all that stuff and do it properly. Because if the money's coming in, you can make it work, you know, and like um, also just be dedicated to being the best I can be at what I do, you know, like, like and that's what he does. And I, and I guarantee you're going to get that from this episode. If you make it through and like, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, saying good or bad, you know, <coughs> for the guests, you know, hit us up at the medcap pod at gmail.com. T-H-E-M-E-D-C-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. It's the same thing for Twitter, IG, you know, and that's uh, T-H-E-M-E-D-C-A-B-P-O-D. And then if you're looking for us on Twitter, it's just the medcap. T-H-E-M-E-D-C-A-B. Check out the episode. Make it to the end. Check out the featured artist at the end. It's popping. Yeah, let me know what you think. All right. All right. Here we are, the medicine cabinet. Episode two. We're doing it. It's starting. It's here. It's time. Today we have uh, Eric Silberger, good friend of mine, violinist, young entrepreneur. Saying he's being interviewed today. Thank you for coming out, Eric. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, definitely. And we also have Sean, Lindsay, hanging with us today, as always. Okay. Yeah, Eric. All right. So let's let's get into it. Uh, so Eric, like, uh, how did you get into the violin? Well, it's actually been something that's always been in my home, because both my parents play violin. My grandfather was a professional violinist. My great grandfather, on my mom's side, also. Um, helped to found the Shanghai Conservatory of Music in China. 
Yeah. And my dad's from the U.S. and his great grandfather loved to listen to violinists as well. So I mean, there's this long history, and even my grandmother on my mom's side was a piano professor at Manhattan School of Music. So there's been so much music in my life; it just kind of happened. Kind of natural. Like, yeah. What age did you start? Uh, when I was five and a half. Five and a half. Damn. Started when I was seven. Shit. I thought I was early. You started early on the bass compared to violin. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Dude, the bass is like twice as big as you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom carried that shit forever. Yeah, yeah. So, call, uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, you, uh, you won the Tchaikovsky competition of that was like 2013, right? 2011. 2011? The prize there, yeah. And yeah. Then, wait, wait, how old were you then? I was like, I don't know. That was six years ago at this point. All right. What is that for a layman like me? What is, what's the Tchaikovsky? That's, that's like the top. Yeah, you know what that is? <laughs> oh, that's like top of the top. My bad. That's a good question. That's like top of the top, like, like one of the top classical competitions out there. And like, only, wait, like, like, like how many people apply to that? Like tons of people, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, but there's, it's probably one of the two or three most important in violin for the entire. Like all, like all the top uh, solo artists, like solo, like mainstream artists. Yeah, a lot of, it, it does yeah, a lot. One that it does a lot for careers a, compared to a lot of other competitions. So that's why um, I, I always really loved it. It's also kind of crazy because they put you through different rounds. So you have recital rounds. You also have three concertos that you play with the orchestra. Oh, okay. So you have one round of Mozart concerto and then you have two concertos. Damn. And the finals. So it was quite an experience. And where do you do it? Where's it's the big show? St. Petersburg and Moscow, in Russia. Oh. Nice. But you've been like, like uh, traveling, like playing for a while, right? Yeah, but what age did you start like traveling? Well, I, I've been, I've been at age six. I came to New York City actually from Indiana, where I was born, uh, to play my first concert. Yeah. And I think it was actually. Age? You said age six? Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah, so that was my first time, and I ended up playing in hand school for some reason uh, in the hall there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I didn't go there till I was like eighteen, and I paid a bunch of money. To go. Uh, <laughs> damn, eight six. six. And it was the first time I played in public. And six months into starting playing. That might have actually been. Yeah. And at age six. <laughs> wow. Props, bro. Wow. Yeah. So like, uh, so you've been traveling since age six, like. Uh, yeah, but more of the last few years has been getting a little bit more because I I used to always be at one place for most of the year. Yeah. And now I'm. I don't think I'm even in one place more than like two, three months. Yeah, every time I talk to you, you're only in the city for like two weeks at a time at best. You know. Yeah. So that that means things are going going well. So like where like like where have you traveled to this past year? Well, there's been quite a few interesting ones. I was in Guernsey. That, what um, is that? Guernsey is in the English Channel. I'm, I'm going to mention a little bit more of the obscure ones. Cause okay, yeah, because I don't know any of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is Guernsey? You guys all, you guys it's all know? <laughs> it's an interesting place. I actually had to take a boat to leave there because the fog canceled all the flights. So oh, okay. you literally had to, had to take a boat and then take a train. And it was, oh, shit. But uh, also Cuba. That Cuba. was an interesting one. Nice. Argentina, what's, wait, wait, wait. What's Cuba like? Because uh, so many of my friends have been going to Cuba. It's amazing. I don't think it's quite like like the time um, in the 90s. It's changed a bit, I think, in the last 10 years. Okay. But I do think that uh, it still has a lot more of that element than almost anywhere else in the world. You can go travel over the world. You see a lot of the same types of things whenever you travel. You can kind of see Starbucks or McDonald's or a lot of those in in most countries. The corporations made it. Yeah. But the thing that's really interesting is Cuba's quite vastly different. 
they even had car sharing. So like people would just walk into a taxi with several other people, and oh, then you just pay a bit less and then just take it. And it's like <laughs> it's just like more of the culture than it is like we like are Uberpool. Like, we started yeah. Yeah. we're living in Uberpool. Yeah, but but it was it was quite interesting, and all those cars are from like the fifties and sixties. Right. So like yeah. if, if they actually fixed up a few of those cars and sent them over here, you know, those would be collector items. It's, <laughs> right. it's amazing to see those and things just have a different pace. Um, also, I think what's interesting is, uh, well, there's just many aspects to it and many different layers. I think to really get to understand the country, you'd have to be there much longer. I was only there for a very short period. Alright, where else did you go besides Cuba and uh, Guernsey? Oh, I was in uh, Spain, Pamplona. Uh, that was my debut with uh, Valerie Gergiev and Marinsky Orchestra. Um, and then I played in Berlin right after that. So I, I, I spent... I spend most of my time probably uh, in Europe, in the U.S., and then sometimes Argentina. So, like, what's the like South biggest like world. crowd like these these halls like? What's the like the most seats you're playing for at a time? I think some of those places uh, can fit about two thousand people. Two thousand people? Yeah, two to three thousand. But the most I ever played for was probably. I mean, you have those televised televised broadcasts, and those can reach like a million people. Like, so how do you like stay calm with that? Like. You know, with the pressure with that, like uh, here, here's an interesting idea I thought of yesterday. You have to when you're playing more on stage than you are in the practicing room, then you have to practice on stage for the practicing room so you can live with yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta reverse it. Right. If you think of it from that perspective, then all of a sudden you take away a lot of that pressure, and then as opposed to putting a lot of pressure yourself on yourself for the stage, you put the pressure on yourself for the practicing room. Right. So it's it's kind of a reverse thing, but I, I honestly I, I think the great violinist David Oistrakh uh, once said that he doesn't feel comfortable unless he's playing you know at least I don't know a few concerts every month. Yeah. So uh, recently I've just been doing quite a few, so it starts feeling like home after a while. Mm. That that's I have a friend. We were just talking about that. Who's a trombone player, and uh, we were watching this LeBron James interview, and he was saying like the exact same thing. And, but the way he put it, I forget how he put it. They asked LeBron, like, are you nervous about playing this game or against so-and-so? And he's like, no. I can look back at what I did at practice yesterday. I can look back at the day before, the week before that, the month before that, the years before that. I'm not nervous at all. And he just said it in the most baller way possible. And I just heard you kind of say it in a different way, but to me it was like the same thing we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's <laughs> the exposure and the, the familiarity. Well, it should feel like you're home. And to be honest, sometimes it feels more like home than home yeah. because I'm actually spending more time on the road than I'm actually in one place. So mm -hmm. you start feeling like when you're playing with some really wonderful colleagues, for instance, Chris, or some other people, and you're playing in many different places, you start feeling like, oh, this, this is familiar. This, this is really, this is where mm -hmm. it's at. It's fun. I see, I see. Uh, yeah, and like, uh, so with all the traveling, it's like, do you, like, you said you just started traveling more in the past two, three, four years. Yeah. So do you prefer this, or do you prefer before, like, being able to stay around, kind of I think it was, a, I think I was in one place, and that was very nice, but at the same time, I really you. enjoy traveling, but there's extremes, and I'm trying to figure out the right balance right now. <laughs> yeah, like, because, like, sometimes you'll, you'll just, what, have one, one, two days in the city, then you're gone to the next place? Well, I think you in July, I'm going to have two or three days at home, and August, I'll have about two days at home, and September, I'll have maybe two days at home. In October, I'll be back for, like, two weeks, I think. So, 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 all right, that, that's kind of dope. 
Like, uh, is, is anything out of the country, or is it like all, in, all in America? Uh, U.S. until around July 19th, and then I'll be gone, basically. Except I'll be in Hawaii. I started a music festival there. So oh, yeah, I'll be yeah. there for about a week and a half in August. That's, the rest the of it's in that's, that's what the coffee means, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good coffee out there. Rusty's yeah. Hawaiian. It's, What's uh, the name of the, the coffee bean out there again? Bro, the coffee bean, I'm not positive, but the, the coffee, that the brand that uh, we have a, a family connection with, is Rusty's Hawaiian, which was ranked one of the 10 best coffees in the world in a recent... Uh, I gotta check it out. Yeah. I'm a coffee fiend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name again? Uh, Rusty's Hawaiian. Rusty's Hawaiian. Rusty's Hawaiian. So we actually go out to the coffee region, and I was woken up by roosters and uh, like uh, the chickens. And so it was, it was really interesting just seeing them run across when you're in the farm region, and it's a completely different atmosphere. And so for me, that's also one of those unique places where it hasn't been corporatized, it's not commercialized, it's really quite in the middle of uh, a different atmosphere, a different way of life. Yeah. yeah, what's it called? When we were in Argentina, when we were taking the plane, uh, you ran into one of your people from Sandbox. Yeah. On the plane. Yeah. And then there was somebody when we landed, or was that at the concert? And that was at the concert. There were, and then they had another one of their friends that was Sandbox that didn't come to the concert. Yeah. So right. we, we had a couple of people, and then I just yeah, was so, on an so, island with them in So, Croatia. so like, what is sandbox like? Yeah, can you explain that? Well, okay. it's it's um, really hard to describe, <laughs> but it's a place where I think somebody once said, "I feel like I'm crazy everywhere else except for here," and the entire idea that people can really be authentic and kind of uh, break down the boundaries of what they're trying to show the world. They can just like kind of how, create. Like, and, how do you even hear about sandbox? I had some friends when I was at Columbia studying. Um, uh, one of my friends joined and was very enthusiastic and said, you need to join this. And I'm like, what is wait, this? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Explain no. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, uh, okay, let, let me just put it yeah. this way. It's because uh, we've been trying to define it and there's not one good answer I've ever seen. It's basically a, a network of about uh, 1,000 to 1,200 people in that range uh, that all over the world, yeah. it's decentralized. But he um, was from, he, he was from? He was Argentina. From, oh, he was from Argentina. Yeah, but I met okay. him in London. Okay. On my birthday, and then his birthday was the day before that concert. Oh, so we were celebrating that night, and uh, so yeah, you end up seeing people in amazing places. Then I saw him in Croatia because of that concert we had in Argentina. He came to a global summit we have once a year, and we were on an island uh, called Obojan in what Croatia. Happens, wait, what happens in the global summit? Yeah, the global <laughs> summit seems like the yeah. actual content yeah. is very mysterious. Well. The we, thing need the, we need the mission statement. Is this Fight Club? We just need the mission statement. I can't talk about this. No, it's, it's basically a, a lot of people that want to change the world that are coming together from an entrepreneurship background, a lot of them. Um, and we just come together to kind of try to help each other out and, you know, figure out how to live life a little bit better and a lot of different things in those summits. But also to how to, how to create a governance structure and all that stuff. So we actually, um, I've been part of some governance meetings over over Skype or over Google Hangouts with several different countries at the same time, friends. Yeah, wait, you, and, wait uh, you're not going to be around in July? Uh, for two more days. Only two days in July? What two days? Uh, next two days. And then, I, and then I'll be back. What? Uh, never mind. Not no. really, actually, the next two days. Uh, 11th and 12th. Okay, now no, there's something I want you to come to with. Oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you get, like, how did you first get involved with Sandbox? How were you introduced to it? Um, well, one of my friends really said, oh, you should come to this event. It's a Sandbox event. And I was like, what is this? It's like a dinner. Or and so I'm just like, uh, no. 
<laughs> I mean, I was I was doing seven days a week in college. I only took I took a vacation every day for like an hour, but for the most part, I didn't really have any days off because I was in the joint program. I was full time okay. Columbia plus Juilliard for performance. So what that meant was, um, she, but she was consistently telling me, and it was somebody I liked and respected. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go to one of these things. I was like, oh, this is cool. And so then I submitted an application for it, and then yeah, I joined it, and then. There was a hostile takeover at the company at one point, and uh, and then it, it got its name back recently, and so it's it's been a Wait, journey. But so yeah. you said full time, Juilliard, mm -hmm. full time Columbia. Yeah. So like how like uh, like like what what possesses a person to want to do that? I was at Juilliard pre college for six years, and I didn't really want to go back so this straight was, there. No, but like, what was the influence that 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 that, that pushed you? There? To be honest, it's been my curiosity my entire life. I've just been curious to see if I could do full time Juilliard and no, full time Columbia. Because I wanted to learn about certain things that at Juilliard I would have had diminishing returns. My belief is if you study at a school for a very long time, you start seeing a lot of things, and you might get that one or two percent that might make a huge difference in life, which is the most important. But at the same time, a lot of times the amount you'll learn will decrease with time. And a lot of it, I feel like you, once you reach a certain amount of, um, you hear a lot of ideas and input from a lot of people, you need time to process it. So they couldn't so, teach you anymore? Is that, is that what happened? No, I, just, I, <laughs> needed, I needed some no. time to process it. I hear what you're saying, I'm a teacher too, right? Yeah, because uh, I had so much information, I didn't have time to process what, it. What were your, I guess maybe a good way to go about this is, at each school, what, what were like your focuses? Well, I studied, uh, just to kind of paint a picture for the people yeah. listening. Yeah, I was at, uh, studying economics and political science okay. in Colombia and Chinese and German languages. So All at the same time? At, at the same time, and also a kung fu there, as well as table tennis and a couple okay, so you had a full plate. Yeah. You had a full plate. So yeah. Seven or eight classes. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah, seven or eight classes. And then you were simultaneously going to Juilliard. For performance, so I was taking nice. two lessons. Well, it wasn't full time, it was two lessons a week okay. I was taking there. For the performance, what is that the uh, diploma? Or it the, was no. Oh, I got yeah. a master's afterwards. They, oh, wow. There was a thing where you can do it in three, five years for two different degrees. Yeah. But I was in no rush to get back there because. All right, that makes more sense. I was yeah. confused. I thought you were like full time Juilliard. No, no, like, no, no, no. Not even possible. <laughs> like, not yeah. if you're also doing kung fu no. and learning to well, okay, uh, uh, be honest with you the thing about Juilliard is a lot of it's orchestra scheduled um, and that so would more have worked with my class schedule yeah so okay yeah that, that's otherwise most of the other classes I probably could have if the schedules lined up I could have done both at the same time I just would have had to had a normal course load at Columbia what did what was your um like degree that you got from Columbia, when like you took all those classes, what BA was the BA from Columbia yeah. and a master's in music. Table tennis. Yeah, the BA, <laughs> the BA in kung fu. Well, yeah, I gotta be honest with you. Um, I was also running the Millie Theater concert series at the same time oh, for wow. the, the yeah. joint program, uh, and it it's really amazing. A lot of the things you learn in school, it's more what you use it for later on in life and how you apply the association. Yeah, the tools, right? Yeah, because a lot of what I learned in school was really great, but. It's been more in the last couple of years that I've gotten a lot more out of it. So I've been talking about this, and I'm curious what what you might have to add. Um, since you went to those two great schools, like to me, mm -hmm. Columbia is probably one it's of the best. It's an Ivy League. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a bad school. Just say it's not a bad school. And Juilliard, it's not a bad school either. Pretty up there. Uh, it's pretty up there. So just maybe what's one or two of the tools that you got from one of those places, either one, since they are such great institutions, what's something you feel like you walked away with that you then are now using, you know, like a, just a tool that you learned in those spaces? 
well, from I, somebody there. I know the difference in the level of intensity because it, in high school you studied four, lang four years of a language, mm -hmm. for instance, Italian in this case, and in one semester at uh, Columbia in German, I got much further. Okay. Wow. So, um, and then now I've gotten in, I got to a level where I could speak Spanish after about uh, two, three months. Wow. And, but So I, I basically, from applying some of the ideas and things that I found didn't work for me, mm -hmm. I started removing things and now I'm able to do things much faster. Right, and yeah. Efficiently. Yeah, it was, it's also just, you have to find what motivates you. And if you don't have a motivation and you're working hard for a very long time, you don't retain information. So mm -hmm. a lot of people can study for like, because they care about their grade. And then the second that's over, they forget most of the information. But the things that are important really is to continue building upon the information you have and expanding and that way you don't forget it and it's useful. Yeah, and it's like yeah. something yeah. you so, have in your so pocket. So what motivates you? Yeah. What those. motivates me is curiosity. I, I just enjoy it. Um, people I love. Uh, so I'm working on languages a lot right now. But also understanding why things operate the way they do and why the world is the way it is. So for me right now, um, that's, for instance, in companies. You look at a lot of companies' annual reports, and you could be curious, like, what's going to happen in the future to that company? Am I going to still be able to go to my grocery store? Why are the prices more expensive at that grocery store compared to that grocery store? Mm -hmm. Those are in sometimes the documents, and, they're, and people are reviewing that, and you can actually find out so much more, like, oh, why is Starbucks doing that? Oh, what's going to be on McDonald's menu? What is going to be on, what's Coca-Cola's strategy? Oh, wait. They own all the water <laughs> bottles. And so do you use this insight that you're talking about right now when you're picking stocks? I, uh, yes, to an extent. Um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Our roster of things to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just really interesting because you see what's this company's expansion policy. I just was on an airplane with somebody mm -hmm. and he does corporate recruiting for Joe's Juice. And I was just there as well. Yeah, and it's the, the expansion <laughs> is going to be insane. So, yeah. I mean, it's just very interesting. Then you have Shake Shack, which is, Shake Shack, which is expanding maybe about 20-ish stores every year. So the expansion policy for that isn't that large compared to, I think they have 127 stores currently. Um, but they're opening another one right now at 116th Street also. Hmm. So I see that and I'm just, what's that mean for the world? And what does that mean for health? What does that mean for understanding what people's uh, interests are. Are people interested in burgers? Why are people interested in burgers? It, does that tell us something about people themselves? Well, you know, I think of it, maybe, maybe yeah. you're, it sounds like you're the kind of person who is really good at kind of looking at their, uh, their practice schedule, right? Or their, just their living schedule, whatever it is they're doing, and be able to look at it and be like, that's working, that's not working, right? Because um, like, just from what you got out of college, and then how, how are you kind of practicing it now these days to where, because it, it sounds like you're able to just see stuff really quickly and be like, well, that, that, that's working, that's not working. Uh, um, I, I would say listen to people that are smarter than you in areas. Okay. I, I think there's no one person who's a genius in everything, but there's, there's at least one person better than you in every area pretty much. Um, and so, so you got a nice little network. Well, you, you don't even have to. These days it's so great because you can just go on YouTube and watch some interviews. Mm. And what's interesting for me, for instance, I go to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meetings, Warren Buffett in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, you watch an interview with him. You see one thing, you hear one thing the first time. Then you watch it a few years later, you see a different thing. And then you start seeing, oh, the way he's saying that word, oh, that's what he actually meant. 
okay, but he yeah, couldn't yeah. actually say that. Or, or there's, there's like a slight thought process in his brain that's completely different that we're not aware of. So it's, it's and that what, you're just seeing. <laughs> and so what's interesting is you, you get something different out of the same information every time you see it because you associate other things with it. Mm. Even if you look at your life and you say, oh, that was an important time in my life. Ten years later, if you're doing something completely different, you put it in a different context. Yeah. So you say, wow, that was important because of this. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. No, no. Because I remember, like, uh, you just, like, uh, talking about, like, just scheduling and, and like, why you have to, like, uh, learn, like, your reasoning for learning all these different languages. It all kind of makes sense, you know, like, where you get the, your motivation for the curiosity. It's also so great when you talk to people and they open up. And when you, like, I was in Miami, it's, like, 80% Spanish there. Oh, yeah. Like, the first yeah. you go into a taxi, I say, uh, you know, uh, what's your favorite part of Miami? And the person's like, oh, I'm just like, what's going on? Then I said the same thing in Spanish, and all of a sudden she opened up and started talking, like, nonstop. Right. So I was just amazed by just how much Spanish there is in Miami, for instance. And the yeah. thing is, even somebody was perfect in English, but she was bilingual. And this happened with two friends, uh, or not two friends, but two people I met. Um, and they just were so different. The second you spoke a bit of Spanish with them, then you switched back to English, but it was completely different connection. And that's that's enjoyable. What's it called? Uh, when, like when we were in uh, uh, heading to Argentina, what was the name of that uh, that lounge? Oh, I don't know. There's a <laughs> the, 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 the one that, was it JFK? Oh, the Centurion Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. FGA. Yeah, LaGuardia. Yeah, like, what, what's the name of that credit card? That, that, that? Uh, Platinum American Express. Platinum American Express. Yeah. So how so so like how does like that like so if you're just a member of that that uh, if you just become a member. You have access to the, to the lounge, right? Yeah, and it, it, so especially you actually save money on it. It has an annual fee of 550 currently. So, so what's the requirements for that, for, that, money for that card? Uh, you have to have a high credit score, basically. But outside of that, I Over think... Over what, like 700 or over? Yeah, it was 740 yeah. or so, higher, probably, I would guess. Okay. But the thing is... <laughs> well, I mean, almost anybody could get there if they just had a credit card and just held on to it and paid all their expenses for like two years or something I think yeah. but the thing about that card is it's a charge card so it's not actually a credit card in the true sense of the word it doesn't have a set credit limit they measure it based on I guess about three times your most expensive month yeah so that's kind of how they set the limit but it's it's really amazing because we're in an age of credit cards yeah. where in the United States especially there's better deals than anywhere else in the world yeah yeah because you said you had like what how many credit cards? Twelve credit cards. About twelve or ten, yeah, ten or twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit, yeah, I, I, because I, I have like what? It's two? intimidating. I've got like <laughs> some, yeah. some people have forty or eighty. It's yeah. intimidating, like no, that's like the size yeah. of your wallet, you know. No, no, like, but or, the thing or, is, or, I can uh, tell you, every single one of the cards I have yeah. are keepers. In other words, yeah, yeah. I have a reason for keeping them, and they are useful. So. I don't have a single card that I'm not going to be using for some reason. What's like? But tell me about one of them. I don't have. I don't use credit cards. So yeah. I'm, I'm, um, tell me about one of one of these cards. Like, what's the what's the point? like? What's the benefits that come yeah. with? Like, okay. Like, just uh, tell me uh, one. I'll give you an example. I just got the Alaska Airlines credit card, which this isn't going to be useful until next year. But uh, they give you a companion pass after a few months after you um, you get your first statement or something, and it's an annual one. So if you flew to Hawaii, let's say a flight that's $1,000, you could get it for basically $100 after taxes or whatever the fees are for a companion who's traveling with you. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so wow. basically, you're getting like $900 of value for spending about $100 on annual fee for that card. Okay. So you can start using these cards, and I, I think I've made in one year about four or $5,000 on the cards, just from the bonus points yeah. and the sign-up bonuses too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And that's not taxable because it's a rebate. So that, how'd you get, how did your curiosity lead you to that? That's what I was kind of curious. Well, that's so, what I was thinking about <laughs> earlier. I mean, Tell I you about that, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yes. It started basically, I was, I, I worked a few months at New York Philharmonic in the section there. And um, so I decided I'd live in the city a bit because they were calling me for like several months. And of course, the second I moved into the city for a few months, you know, then I didn't have anything with New York Philharmonic. Yeah. <laughs> so this was like right when I was finishing school. Well, and then, well. so, yeah. so I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll just live here a few months. And uh, I had a roommate who worked in NASDAQ, and I don't know, just by proximity, I don't know what it was, just living in New York City, I had a nightmare one night. Yeah. And this is what started the stock market and the credit cards and everything. I went to sleep, and I thought, wait, if somebody earned, let's just choose an easy number, 100000 a year, and there was, let's say, an inflation which was rather high of, of you know, 10%, you could basically be making and losing about the same amount of money every year in terms of purchasing power. So... Mm -hmm. It's when I saw that and heard, thought about that, I was just horrified. I was Break like, that down. For this a was your dream. Yes. yes. Break I was that lying down. down. And I had this thought. I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, this is terrible." Talk about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't go too fast. Break that. Go back for a second. Yeah, what, what, the purchasing power. Okay. Break it down for the for the people who aren't aware. Well, so basically, inflation. If you look at the value of a dollar. Yeah. You know, it, it decreases over time. There's inflation because more dollars are in circulation. Metric card, three dollars. Yeah. Metric card, three dollars. The bridge used to be like a dollar or whatever, two dollars. Fifty chubby bridge. Was it fifteen, seventeen dollars? It's about fifteen dollars now, yeah. and it's going to yeah. go up soon. What? So, so you know, just yeah. for somebody commuting every day, for ten days even, you know, yeah. imagine it's just it's gone crazy. Yeah. So you could be paying over five hundred dollars a month, depending on how much you're commuting. Uh, in the future, it could be crazy. Um, so basically, when you look at the inflation, that decreases your purchasing power. So the worst investment is just to keep all your money in the cash and just hold it there forever mm -hmm. because it's going to decrease in value over time for the amount of purchasing. That's buy gold, right? Right. Well, buy gold is not the best thing either. It so hide the money in the mattress? So you just, if you hide, well, a lot of well, people did that. When there was, de yeah. there was deflation during the Great Depression, so it, the, the, that wouldn't have been a bad thing, but you know, we actually have a built-in system to kind of avoid that. So unless something completely catastrophic happened, like some kind of major outbreak or some nuclear weapons or something, I think that's very, very unlikely to happen in the same way. Um, so basically, inflation, just assume it exists. Um, it's at a low level right now, but still you're losing money every year that you're just holding a dollar. Hmm. And banks used to pay, I, I don't know, it was like, six or nine percent interest or some some very nice number yeah, yeah. and now it's like point zero one so like you could wait a hundred years and get the same amount basically right um so it, it's really i had that dream and so i just thought this is why, 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 why work money? why would anyone work yeah why would anyone do anything <laughs> like you're just losing the amount of money that you're making why yeah. would anyone save it so then i thought about it and i started looking up online index funds are probably the best thing for most people to do a vanguard index fund um, VFINX, and it basically, on average, the stock market will double every 10 years, let's say. So if you just held on, let's say, $10,000, you put it there, that'd be 20000 40000 80000 30 years. Then it starts getting interesting. 40 years, 160000 
than 320,000. So it, it but what about the, the risk of crash? Well, the thing about over the long term, the stock market's a weighing machine. So it looks at what the value of uh, companies are, and it will say this is what it's worth. Um, and that fluctuates. People have higher expectations or lower depending on future growth and everything. But over the long term, it will kind of go towards where the value actually is. The one thing is that then you have to basically be optimistic about the future of the U.S. economy. So it's it's a question of whether you believe the U.S. is going to be worth more in 50 years from now or 10 years from now. Speculation. It's not really speculation, though. I mean, if you think about it, is Apple going to be you know, existing in 50 years from now? Is Are all these companies going to be existing? That could be speculation in some ways because it's technology. But is the United States going to have you know, more people? Is it going to have more production and services? Or is more automation going to reduce the cost of goods? So, you know, like, a lot of people are going to be out of work. That's why a lot of, you know, everyone's talking about universal income. So what happens if you have one person pushing one button and the rest of the world operates by itself? All automated farm equipment could run without any people. You could basically order food and it would just show up at your door via a drone. Okay. They would be cooked automatically by what would, computers, what would which would be... Cooked by the We might have money, but wait, that well, sounds really horrifying. This, well, is, no. this is dystopian. Well, it's, we would all be unhealthy, of, probably. Look at <laughs> Did you look at WALL-E? Yeah. Did you see a movie? It's a movie no. where <laughs> everyone ends up on this ship. You know, the, the Earth ended up being, like, something bad happened to it, so everyone had to leave. They go out on this ship, and everyone's like these blobs because they don't move, they're just kind of taken care of, so they just are like, these, they can't even walk. It's through. Jeff Garland is the voice, right? The the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, the big fat dude. Yeah, and it's just, for me, that's what I wonder about, you know, because on one hand, we want to make life easier, we want to make it simpler, but being stupid can sometimes be very helpful. If, for instance, you forget your keys all the time and you're running back and forth in a house, you're actually burning calories, so maybe that's a health well, thing. That's, that's a very well, glass I half full. Mean, that's a glass half full way to sure. look at it. Right? But there's, I, there's a lot of other, like, uh, you know, imaginations of a future like that that don't paint it to look so pretty. I also work with a lot of people who do get, like, government income, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's, you know, for the better for them if they're really sick actively, and sometimes... They might be sick in a, a way that might be more physical, and it can be worse. Yeah, I think the, main, the health across the I board. I think the the thing is, like, when we have more production at lower cost, and we're actually all better off, we have to make sure that no one's left behind. I think that's the one important thing about it. Because what happens if somebody automates factories, and then all of a sudden no factory workers are really needed, and those people have been trained for years to do that one task, yeah. and they're like fifty or sixty years old. You and know, you can't it just happens a lot now. You, it, the, by the time somebody's finished education for another career, it already uh, tons of money has been sunk in, and just to make the make back that money, because education is too expensive now, but it's actually cheaper than ever if you don't go through the traditional methods. Like homeschooling, you say? Well, like I get private tutoring on uh, Skype from this company called Baseline in Spanish, and I got in grandfathered in at a hundred a month and some limited hours, uh-huh. and now it's one hundred twenty nine, but still that's really a good deal. Uh, comparatively, and so, in just a few months, you can if you if you actually really did nothing else, you could probably in two months or three months, get to a level of fluency that would take many years to get to, in yeah. traditional education. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that the uh, the degree is going to even mean anything in? in the I think future? it will mean something because there has to be some kind of credential and value, and the people that are hiring, they'll look at it and say, oh, 
But I think it's a selection bias a lot of times. Because, yeah. You're going to look at your social media. You're going to look at your resume anyway. Well, no, it's, it's, it's a selection because if you're saying, your website. I got into this school, yeah. to get into that school is really hard. So therefore, you're already, I sometimes wonder how good is the school actually and how good are the people that just come to the school? Because the students are what make the school. The teachers can be the greatest in the world. But if they don't have students that really can take that knowledge and use it, then nothing happens. But the problem is, in order to get into a lot of those higher learning and do very well, you have to be very good at following your rules. So actually, the people that do very well GPA-wise, I saw some kind of review on study on it, a lot of them don't do as well in terms of starting companies or you know, creating something. So if you're too successful in the system, you stick to the system because it's safe and people are risk adverse. Mm -hmm. But if, for instance, I said you have no choice, you're not going to get a great job with your current grades, they're going to be more likely to start things. Mm -hmm. And then one of the greatest indicators of success at starting a company is how, at what age you started. So you know, if people so are following the rules from a very young age and they just keep doing it, by the time they're starting the first company, they're in their late, mid, mid or late 20s a lot of times. And it's much harder then because you actually have financial things and responsibilities. Mm. Whereas if you're 14 and you're starting a food cart outside and then the food cart takes off, I mean, you, you, you're, you're okay most of the time. So I guess to the logical step in my mind is right now I'm a teenager and I'm looking at that. Where does this very nice curious, curious outlook on the world kind of get you in trouble? You know, because I can see someone kind of really being as curious as you are with credit cards when I'm 14 and, then and just going crazy, you know. Okay, two, I'm, number, you know, I'm in one. my 20s now and I'm, I'm more controlled. Okay, but I'll give you some rules. You just painted some really crazy pictures. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to be a, you have to be yeah, a rule I, follower you, on a certain I would, level, I would right? put these rules first before you even hear any of the other parts. Rule one. Rule one. Only use a credit card if you pay off the interest in full every single month. If you go over it once, don't get a credit card, basically. It's it's something that is the one number one rule. Otherwise, you're not actually going to be making money. You don't mean pay off the balance. You just mean... I mean pay, pay off, off the, the statement. No, okay. you're not. You should oh, never... You should pay off if the you have statement. interest on a credit card ever, do not have credit cards. A general rule. It, until you can figure out a solution to that behavior, don't don't ever get a credit card, ever. <laughs> so it's you need to be able to pay it off. You need to be able to pay it off. Yes, otherwise don't get a credit card because you'll be paying 18% or 22% sometimes interest on the balance. I had a, I mean, I know, I know people that are paying, uh -oh. carrying balances, they're paying like $1,500 a month on their credit card balance. Yeah. This is if why you, I don't get a credit card, but yes, I but, can't do that. But this is the thing, like, you could be paying $1,500 a month and basically not be making much dent in the credit card bill, mm. and every single month. And then some people really think, oh, but I'll just have it there, I'll freeze it in a bot, like an ice or something. No. Pay it off before you eat. I mean, within reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I read somewhere recently you should pay, like, you should focus more on, well, I guess you're kind of anti-savings. It was saying pay yourself before you pay off your debt. Like, you should pay off no, what pay you off. need to. You don't want to fall into, like, bad credit. There's, but. there's different. Because if you're having education debt, mm -hmm. interest rates can be rather low. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about 2 or 3% on a mortgage or something, you can actually do tax right. It, that's one thing. Like yeah, but but the thing is, credit card is eighteen or twenty two percent. So all of a sudden, savings are being lost by payments towards interest. So the most important thing is you have to look at what am I getting for each dollar I'm saving, and what am I getting in terms of what I have to pay for each dollar in debt. The general rule is pay off all debt first, and then worry about savings. 
because you're paying a percentage that you can't even get naturally by investing unless you're getting super lucky. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're paying 18%, just think about it this way. $10,000 invested with Warren Buffett, if he got rates as good as credit cards consistently, which sometimes are higher than you know the, the rate he, of return he got, he got about a 10000 invested with him in the 60s or late 50s is worth over $500 million, I think, now. Um, and imagine if you had that credit card debt, basically that wouldn't be there. So it's, that's, it, that's the same rate of return or rate of loss in a sense. Uh, although he got to invest with him would have been very lucky. So I wouldn't say that would be the standard. But let me just put it this way. Credit card debt, never, ever have interest, ever. So number one. Number one, never have interest. Anything else? Number two, pay attention to rule number one. <laughs> number three, pay attention to rule no number two about number one. Okay, so the only rule is <laughs> okay, so make sure let you Let me just make sure I understand it. the rule because I was following and then I- It sounds like a simple rule. Information. It sounds like a really right. easy rule. In other words, you have to pay off. When we felt yeah. like it was an attack. When, 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 a specific <laughs> question about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. At what point are you, are you saying it needs to be at zero, or you're saying that there's like a certain number usually before the whatever interest the, starts? The whatever you paid in that statement. So, for instance, like let's say whatever the June date until the closing of that mm -hmm. statement, you have to pay that amount in full. Otherwise, you get interest charged. Everything that you spent. Everything you spent in that statement. Okay. You could have spent after the closing and still have a current balance that's higher. But you have to pay whatever the the, the bill is. For. Oh, the difference in what you paid from. The so let's say month. you start a credit card. You're okay. paying two thousand dollars on that credit card. Then you pay another thousand dollars, but the statement closed on a certain date, and then you have to pay it by this date, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever it closed by on that date, you have to pay that amount in full, and then you could have another thousand on top of that for current balance. But you have to pay that two thousand. Let's say you spent. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that thousand until the next statement. But that two thousand has to be spent. That has to be paid for. Otherwise, you're paying five hundred dollars off of that. So, I mean, you're basically paying a month's rent in some places. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, gotta pay it. Yep, gotta, okay. I'm <laughs> currently revising the uh, budget plan I made for myself for the past two days, and I'm now realizing go, go maybe... Card, no, I have... Am I, am I just going to cut Let me just say, I have a few friends. I think one of them spent $360,000 on credit card debt. How much? $360,000 on credit card debt wow. in 12 years. Because... Wow. They didn't pay it off first, and they they were capable of paying it all off, but wow. they decided they would save first, and then they ended up spending that much money, and they saved maybe I don't know two thousand or five thousand, wow. versus three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Right, point so, taken. Yeah, okay. I'll go back to that the original plan I had. Very very Just good. Debit cards only apparently. <laughs> unless <laughs> yeah, unless you're willing to really play the game with that. Yeah. Money, yes, right? and that's why the rewards are great on yeah. you can get five percent back for all expenses so it's like it's like the lesson is like you better be real honest with yourself and the people that you are <laughs> with, right? no, a good way of otherwise you are just i think don't lie to yourself yeah this is a good thing you can be, <clears throat> can't like, handle this life one way of testing it out is getting a small credit card with a very small limit let's say 500 or a thousand whatever it is depending on how much you're earning and you say okay i can't i have to just pay this thing off every time so basically, you're going to be developing good behavior at a small rate with little risk. The second it goes above that, you know, then you know, okay, I can't handle credit cards, just don't use it. If, however, you can handle it at that lower rate, then you can try expanding it a little bit. And if you continue to be able to control it, then yes. Otherwise, it I, gets out of control. I pay off my credit cards on time, you know, yeah. but like, but isn't there like a certain amount of money you have to spend? 
Like to get some of these benefits? More than the minimum, basically. Like, well, for the, basically what you can do is um, pay for all the meals with your friends if you're trying to get a bonus. For instance, let's say there's a minimum spend for three months of 3000 And have your friends pay back and then you... Pay them, have you, pay them pay you in cash or Venmo. Mm -hmm. And then you basically just put it on your credit card. We have to take turns doing that or else you're... Well, There's no. always breaking the benefit of friendship. No, I mean, I think if other people don't have the cards, then they're not getting much benefit out of it. So the thing is, yeah. then you can share some of the benefits with your friends. Let's say you get that, then you say, okay, I'll treat you all for lunch or something. But, like, for instance, there was this crazy $1,500 sign-up bonus for Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And so you you had to spend $3,000 in three months. I, I have that. Yeah, it's a great card. That's how I got it. Yeah, it's a great card. And I just and then you get yeah they, and then I added the income top of that and I got eighty thousand points on that plus the other expenses, so I don't think I did it as smartly as you did, but I, I did well, get I, in on that deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I just I, I used to book my next. But I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> no, I, I used to, to book my next four months of travel. Yeah. Yeah. On, like, on, like 12 flights I got for that. Like, going right back get a credit card again. I just stopped doing the credit card game after college because I was like, well, you know, like you were saying, you, you got to get you gotta get rid of the debt, you know? So, like, I had student loan debt. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to get into the credit card game. Yeah, but look at the, the rate of the debt always. Because yeah, if it's like yeah. 1 or 2% or 3%, I call like, cause I'm always if I'm late, it's like a day late, and they'll like give me a day to yeah. pay it or something like that. But just I be call. careful if you do that too many times in a row, they might. Not. Yeah, then they'll yeah. stop you. Know, I try and keep it to like one to two times a year, but like what they charge you is like ridiculous. They charge you like thirty five dollars plus like, fifteen percent. Well, how? Yeah. how no, but well, they're giving you in that scenario, you, you're avoiding that. Yeah, well, you're, yeah. Saying, well, if, you're saying if you don't, yeah, yeah, late fees are horrible. Yeah, yeah, the late fees and then the percentage on whatever you owe or something like that. Or an overdraft. Yeah, yeah sometimes sometimes twenty five percent for some people. So like twenty five percent. Imagine you have a thousand dollars. You're paying two hundred fifty dollars of interest, one month. Yeah, that's high. Yeah. Well, how how easy do the benefits transfer? Oh. Like when you travel, because I remember I, one of the big reasons, other than the student loan game, that I got out of having a credit card was I just started traveling. It's and the thought, reason like, I have so many. I thought, well, I thought just having a, you know, a Visa card, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I could use that around the world, but okay. uh, where I was going necessarily didn't even have ATMs and stuff that much. So I was thinking, ah, oh, I don't really need it. So I well, got rid of it. Let me put it this way. If you use the lounges, the U.S. doesn't have the best priority pass well, like lounges, airports. but yeah. lounges and airports, I've basically saved $20 every time I go to an airport lounge. Yeah. So what that means is that since let's say I'm on 21 flights in one month, I'm saving on 21 meals sometimes, maybe even more depending on how many airports I'm connecting through. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, that's why they're so expensive because they know that there's people like you that are actually reaping the rewards. No, no, no. <laughs> no. They hate people like me. They hate people like me. They're losing money from me and they're, so I mean, they would wish I didn't exist probably. <laughs> well, I feel like it's so expensive in the airport, they're just charging you at cost and then charging us like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, there's no card. It's free. It's yeah. free. Everything yeah, is free. There. Everything is free. Yeah. Oh, oh, see, yeah, I don't even know. The lounges cost fifty dollars, and a lot of them just to like get in one day. But okay. if you have the cards, you can get them for free for a lot of those. So mm, it's that's it's really thing. that's what's okay. great about it. I see. And there's like travel credits you get with these cards, so you're paying less than the annual membership for a lounge would be otherwise with these uh, cards. Okay. So you can actually just 
if you're losing, using it for flights, it's really worth it. Is the is there a particular card so associated with the airline <laughs> that you think has like the best? The mayor's okay. cap. Best card for travel. Or best travel card. What is yeah, it? Put travel. it down. And like, but <laughs> accompanied with like best best lounge scenario. Like, okay. who's got the best the lounge? Best, well, the best overall card, in my opinion, is the Sapphire uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve. Ooh. It gives you three percent back Ooh. for all of restaurant and all travel, plus a hundred uh, three hundred dollar travel credit. So you're basically paying an effective fee of one hundred fifty dollars a year, an annual fee. That, is that different than? Do I just have the regular Sapphire? The Sapphire Preferred gives you two percent okay. on restaurants, and it doesn't give you any lounge access. It doesn't give you any of that stuff. Okay. And you also have travel protection, like you have insurance, pri primary, like. Or secondary travel insurance on like your flights, it comes with it if you well, want to refresh certain things for like baggage being checked in, or like for instance, it automatically comes with it if you use that card. You say it's for for some of those cards, they do, yeah. Um, there's wow. also like for instance, car rental, you get secondary insurance, or like so some of your insurance is covered for some of those cards. You get um, with the Amex Platinum, you get like hotel gold status and most uh, gold. You don't have a car, right? Huh? You don't have a car, no? No, I just rent, so that's why it's useful. Oh, okay. But outside of the big, um, you know, I'll say hotels, car rentals, travel stuff, right? Once you get into those places, you're in Germany, you're in yeah. Cuba, you're in those places. How much can you really reap the rewards going to? Zero in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I was thinking. Cuba, no. Germany, How yes. How you reap the rewards China, China too? once you're out of the airport, basically, and you're out of the crib of the corporation? <laughs> well, you know, you're in the it, depends, it depends where you are because, in for instance, China, a lot of it's mobile payment apparently. Okay. So I'm gonna be there in September for about two and a half weeks. I'm taking my mom there for the first time. Oh, nice. Fifteen years we haven't been there, so I, I decided, okay, I'm gonna take you on a trip. Um, and the what thing about guy? it, huh? What no, no, guy? no. I, you, the credit cards allowed me to do that. No, it's it's really. But the amazing thing about it is that uh, Cuba, for instance, you have to use cash. You yeah. want to convert into a different currency or yeah. save currency. Wow. U.S. dollars are, are charged an extra fee of 10 or 15%. Mm -hmm. So um, when you convert it from U.S. dollars, it's really bad. Um, and with you know Germany, most places accept credit card in Berlin, for instance. In Leipzig, I think also. I mean, it depends which city, but more or less, I think it's pretty widespread in Europe. Um, occasionally they'll accept debit, but you can check. I mean, there's always a few chains also if you run out of options. So what's the best lounge <laughs> in the whole world? Let's get down. It's got the best food. I like the Miami let's one. I like the Miami one. Let's get down real facts, the real questions. Centurion Lounge in Miami is one of the great ones. Is it the food or was the people the... Free massage. Oh, God. For real? Yeah, 15 like minutes. Spa what? Or manager or... Or manicure. Or pedicure. Many pedicure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In Miami, bro. And like a shower situation. Showers. Sauna, I don't know. But it has showers, I think, at some of those. Yeah. And This is at the airport, right? You said? Miami, that's a nice one, yeah. Okay. And that's through the. So it's happy Amex Platinum. But you have priority pass It sounds like the Amex Platinum has the good lounges. It has better lounges in the US, especially. In Europe, it doesn't have many lounges. So basically, priority pass comes with both those cards. Amex and the Chase Sapphire, so uh, reserved. And so um, the important thing is just to figure out where you're traveling and what's useful for you. And just to use that as your background and never try to get a card in order to spend more or to do stuff. You use the card just to enhance your life. If you're already doing things, you use the card for that. 
you don't get a card because, oh my god, I can get so much reward points on this card, you end up spending more money, you end up being not necessarily happy or too, and stressed out, and you spend too much time doing it. So, also to a certain extent, you, have to, have to you kind of have to have some sort of <laughs> income to do it. Because, for card. example, like I had an idea for a while mm -hmm. of like trying to use a card like that, and I was like, well, I can, I can just pay all my bills with my credit card, and I, I have that budgeted anyway, mm -hmm. so I can just pay it off immediately. And uh, most of them charge a lot. Like most, like my, my management company charges you $60 to pay your rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't, don't ever so, use rent on credit cards. Never, yeah. Never, because you end up spending more percentage but than you most, actually earn. But most bills, it, it is more expensive to do that rather than going directly through your checking, which is usually free or a very, very small it, fee, like it, it depends. Rent is a separate thing. Okay. There are ways of doing it that are a little bit more cost-effective, but you'll still end up pretty much losing money on that. Because uh, yeah, people do it with their mortgage. Yeah, that's it's, where I got that idea. But maybe that's a good in general. Don't use house payments with cards. The thing is, only if you need to reach a spend of a certain amount. For instance, oh shoot, I need to spend five thousand in the next month. Then you could say, okay, I'm going to use my rent to cover that. But you end up spending money on that. But in general, unless you're earning really high percentage on a bonus, you shouldn't ever use cards for that. Just direct. There are certain bills like telephone bills you can pay with credit cards and earn. But for the ones that charge credit card transaction fees. You have to say, is my earnings rate higher or is the fee higher? $60 on a fee is generally higher than you earn. Makes sense, Makes right? Cost-benefit analysis yeah. real quick on life. Yeah. So, so, but, but like, so, but like, so you said uh, use the credit cards only if it, it enhances your life. Mm -hmm. So, you, but you say use like these credit cards like because you have like different festivals and stuff like yes. that? Yes, so they so, all... Wait, how many different things are you like running? You got the one in Hawaii, the one you were mentioning yeah. earlier. What New else? York Conductors Orchestra in New York, Yeah. which does very regular but occasionally a session. And then there's also a company called Music Traveler in Vienna. Yeah. So I was just out there for that. What's Music Traveler? It's like Imagine you could practice anywhere in the world. It's starting in Vienna, but you want to just, you just take this app out, you book a room, you, you go there and practice. So imagine like an uh, Uber or Airbnb with an, with an app to find practice rooms. So, oh, I need to practice this piece. I need to rehearse with somebody. You just go on the app, you book a space. As in like if you're in the area and Wait, you need so this is an app I can get on my phone right now? Well, you can't get it here yet. It's in Vienna, but... Wait, wait, you started that? I'm, uh, part, of I, that? I'm part of that. I'm, I All didn't right. start that one. The other ones I started as a founder. It was a group of idea or whose idea was that? Uh, actually, I was at the Twitter building. I was at this music and technology conference in San Francisco. And I just connected with some awesome people, Alexi Gudesman, from the, the duo with Alexi Guzman and Jew. Oh, okay. they, they do this comedian uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Julia Ree. Um, and so we just talked, and then after a while, we just started you know, being in touch about trying to... Because it's something I just want... I need. I, I just wanted to see it exist. So beyond that, you know, I want to do whatever I can to help it exist. Right. And yeah, what, yeah. What, I feel that. What was the festival you said before? The one... The Hawaii International Music Festival. And that's like, that's in the August? We're going to be having, yeah, August 10th, our first concerts at Blue Note. The 11th, in New York. Be in Pearl Harbor. No, the Blue Note Hawaii. They oh, have one. Right. Although I'm in touch with the one in New York to do that booking. Is there Blue Note in every state? In my no, there's about four yeah. or five, I think, in the world. All right. Okay. It's not in every state. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> Blue, Blue Note tour. Correction. Blue Note tour. What is that? The Blue Note's like every a hard So wait, 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 wait. How many concerts? How many concerts is it total? Oh, that one is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think about seven or eight in about a week and a half. Week and a half? 
in Hawaii. Yeah. With coffee beans. All right. With coffee. <laughs> yeah. If anyone listening is going to be in Hawaii, then please drop by. Yeah. If we'll, we'll offer a special um, podcast benefit. Hey. So there you just, go. Hey, sounds we'll good. Get just send us yeah. a quick message. Uh, for sure. High Music Festival. It's recorded. We have this as proof. Yeah. <laughs> here, here, here. High Music Festival at gmail.com. If you show up at one of the concerts, just write us a quick email beforehand and you'll get a special gift there. All right. Wow. Sounds, Sounds good. Medicine Sounds good. Cabinet listeners, you know what to do now. <laughs> Medcab. <laughs> Hashtag Medcab. And that's in Oahu and the Big <clears throat> Island. Cool, man. Uh, like, uh, what else? What else? Because uh, you, you, were, you were trying to start like a. It was like an online teaching thing, was it? Yeah, I just stopped music, that music after box? six years. Oh, damn. Juku box. Because the thing is, what I've realized is I'm trying to downsize the amount of things I'm doing. Because when you're doing so many different things, so you, can't, you can't scale things to a level well, you probably want to be. being a curious guy, right? Just, your mind takes you to a lot of different places. This actually leads me into... I, um, I was reading your bio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we start, we start the interview talking with you about, you know, the the violin and that and obviously you do just like so many more things and you could probably choose any of these directions and be very successful but I feel that it's very worth reading what some other people have said about your violin performances which (laughs) I'm going to read a few Um, they've been described by critics as spine tingling astonishing damn Dazzling virtuoso playing. Sprinkle. Dazzle. Impeccable level of playing. A wonderful musician. And finally, he has got everything in his favor. Technique, composure, and personality. We are on the eve of a great soloist. It's true. So, I play with him. I agree. So I feel, you know, we've had this, this long coming, conversation today coming. about all these, like, other areas, and somebody could be listening to this and forget that you were a violinist in the first place and think that, <laughs> right. like, actually, maybe you're going to rule the world. <laughs> and, I had a and, dream. And, but these you know, are just I wonder, I wonder if at the end of the day, like, is your direction actually that you're going to just be, you know, a great soloist? Is that, like, which, well, where do you see yourself? I, I don't see it as it has to be this or that. Okay. I see it as... Music is part of my life, and it's like breathing. I was walking down the street in Vienna, and actually, I just found my hands practicing without me even realizing it. So I was just like, oh, I, I guess I'll be practicing just walking down the street without even noticing. And so it's, it's just so much part of me that I don't really have to think about it as much. It's the other things I have to think about a bit more, generally speaking, because the second I'm in music, I think that's when I'm most present in my life. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm doing other things, there's a thousand things going on. But when I, when I'm doing music, yeah, it's, that's it, one it thing. takes it takes so much to be a musician. You know that that's this is even why this podcast even came about because like I, there's other passions you know also that need to be sought after. You know and yeah, you but you, and you well, can apply things from other fields to music and vice versa. You can apply associate them all, and that's what's interesting. I mean, I'm writing a piece right now, a violin concerto, to play in Switzerland. Um, in August 6th and so what's interesting is you could apply economics even the concept of marginal utility like the first glass of water I have will be great in the desert the second one will be enjoyable but not as enjoyable as the the first and so on but if you do a repeated phrase a hundred times you're going to start enjoying it a little less maybe so there are are certain concepts which you can kind of apply in, in that way for instance if I'm going to play a phrase and play it exactly the same way da Da, da, every note has the same mm-hmm. amount of uh, 
um, start, it has the same energy to the start of the note. Well, it, after a while, it just sounds the same. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. And so you could basically take one idea and apply it and then start diverging from it's it. It's still like the law of, like, what is it, diminishing returns? Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so basically in music, if you have variety, I think then it, it's like the same thing as discovering something new. Yeah. When it throws you off. when And so the same thing, you know, just about human nature, about human life, and how does that apply to music? What does that teach us about a performance? And what does a great performance teach us about, you know, other things? Because I look a lot from the outside in, but I also try to think from music and outward. So it's kind of like acting. You can either think, what would an angry person be like, or just think of a memory that makes you angry. And then you can be that angry person. So it's, it's kind of the same it's thing in music. You, com you, can com you can combine acting with music. You can combine uh, all these different art forms, put them together, and then they're related. Well, where I was going with that, I see where you're going, but then, you know, because I feel the same way, right? I, I think music is one of those playgrounds where you can just literally put anything in it. And you'd be like, yeah, that, that fits here. Econ, history, politics, math, science, whatever we want to get into. But then, like you were saying, right, because you start to get into all these different fields, right? And you're a super intelligent guy, I can tell, and very curious. So you're dangerous. You're going all <laughs> over the place, all over the place. But you just said, and I feel this way too, you're starting to scale down because yeah. you realize, like, okay, I got, like, ten different interests all over the place, but I can't really be an expert in all of these and yeah. really you can only acquire them. basic understanding yeah. so you so, can understand the conversations but you can't understand the details that's that's the issue so if music's staying here right what do you got going around that's what's, gonna gonna feed, what's gonna be feeding the music as well you know to be honest with you it's creating things that are sustainable projects okay. that can operate without me okay. I want to basically do the things that only I can do and then all the other ones I'm trying to outsource as much as possible. So like, what's one of those things? Like, well, it's just, it's just like even coffee. Probably. <laughs> like, like, just working with partners and people. I think when you work with people, amazing things can happen. But it's also giving trust and not necessarily getting it in return mm -hmm. and being open to that idea. When you give trust, then you can decide later on, okay, that was a good idea, that was a bad idea. Right. You see certain patterns, whether you can trust somebody. If somebody says, oh, you know, what about if we do a hostile takeover this If the first question they ask you when you talk to somebody is like that, or they say when you're talking about a gig, the first second they talk to you is like, oh, how much will I get paid for the next conference? Or like, you know, there's certain things you can this tell what, triggers you can tell what interests flags. people. If people are really genuinely interested in the music, hmm. you can tell there's certain yeah. behaviors. And for me, I just, what my biggest thing in life would probably be to be happiest would be to surround myself with people I love doing things I would do even if I didn't have anything else scheduled like if I had nothing and I had all the free time in the world I'd still be doing those things mm -hmm. and so that's for me what interests me and playing the violin is one of those trying to understand more about the world is another alright mm -hmm. yeah, a, a lot of positive talk in the room yeah you know like is there any negativity is there anything that like it's great day that, that's like, kind of what I've been going at the that, whole time that, where does curiosity that, that, that anger is it's gotta kind of like lead you to like, bad like, places like how, sometimes like, like how do you not see the pain how do you not <laughs> how, or how do you deal with the pain or you know like uh you know just like just like not only like self pain but like worldly pains and like uh like Saying like, cause like, cause from what I'm getting is like, sometimes I, I feel I'm not as successful as I can be because my mind is distracted. You know? Yeah, you know that's all of us. So 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 how 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 do you clear your mind and just focus on the goal? You know. I think there's two different ways. One, you have a deadline, and you have a motivation. So set a date. 
I have to ride this concerto. I have yeah. to. As it gets closer, I feel more and more of that pressure. Boom. So that's day. one. Number two, being able to control your schedule and being very aware of saying no. Yeah, TJ was supposed to be here. He's not here, but he always, when it, like uh, when I started this podcast, he's like, yo, when's the date? Saying that's how you be talking shit, but trying to motivate me to do my shit. But yeah, yeah it's funny. But it's, yeah, it's like it set a date, manage your time, right? Yeah, basically that's how one it works, or two. So, yeah. Set the date, manage your time in between it. What's three? <laughs> yeah. Is there but, but I, well, also being able to have like a an ability to withstand pressure and, or maybe having that be something that you that's offer when I'm well my because, to kind of play because some it. people that would that might serve the opposite the freedom of choice is one of the most it. dangerous things in life when you have too many options you end up you could even starve yourself somebody <laughs> I know was at a Juilliard um, library and it was lunchtime and I said oh let's go to my friend or friend's mutual friend's concert downstairs and she said oh no, I have to get lunch and I'm like okay I'll see you later so I come up a few hours later, and I see her in the library, still standing there. I'm like, hey, where did you end up going eating? And she said, oh, I'm still trying to figure out where to eat. <laughs> so I was oh, like, you could have come to the concert, you could So, you know, when, when that kind of thing happens, you know, you're just like, you know, just yeah, get, sometimes, sometimes you have to figure out what to do and then just execute on it. I think that saves a lot more time because how often do we spend thinking about where we're going to eat? How often do we spend thinking about what we want to mm-hmm. buy? How often do we spend just thinking about what we want rather than actually doing things? And I think then there's an actual reward at the end, right? Like yeah, you yeah. get the food or you get the concert, whichever one. It's pretty good. There's a way, right? Win win. It's like just standing in the library. We're actually happier. We're actually happier when we don't spend too much time trying to figure out the choice. Even if we buy a better yeah. pair of clothing, for instance, a better pair of jeans. If we look mm-hmm. at fifteen different ones, we expect perfection. If we are only looking at two, we just kind of buy it and we're happy afterwards. So I mean, just that standard of the amount of expectations, I think, is dangerous. So there's so if you're curious, you gotta you gotta actually act it out, and see if you're really trying to yeah. And to expectations be doing that. should always be based on reality. Um, I think downside risk is the most important thing. You just yeah. say, "What's the worst I can lose out of this?" And then you're relaxed because you're like, "Okay, that could happen." Right. A meteor could fall on my head. No the fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of things, but within reason. I mean, you could say if I take this concert, then I might not be as prepared for this one. Will I have time? So and that's how you kind of mediate the like chaos, a or the. It's like a, it's a therapy concert too. But the, that's how you kind of mediate the stress. It's true. It's just kind of like. <laughs> I, I try. I, I, I basically I, I feel very lucky because I'm around some wonderful people, and for me the thing is that, I have friends in every time zone. So the one thing I'm lacking is sleep sometimes, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, I, I just Probably am so excited by hearing about when my friends are doing well that when I hear that, it kind of just makes me feel better. So if I'm having a bad day, I might give somebody a call and just say, hey, how's it going? Um, also, just staying busy, I think, is one of the best ways to get to work through things. Like, a lot of times we face really difficult things in our lives. If we just think about that all day long, I find it's not a good thing. Um, that, that being said, it's not a good thing to repress things either, but to kind of just work through things and keep busy and stay active. Because then your environment changes, you can actually break yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. I like to repress things. <laughs> no, but you know what? It can be fun. Who knows what will come out of that? Yeah, I, I like to repress it. it and then blow up at it. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, damn, I was going to ask you to play a little bit. It's freaking hot in here. Uh, do you mind playing a little bit? Or? Uh, I have to. Now. How about if I sent you a CD? Uh, all right, you don't have to play, Sam. We'll, we'll take something from the city. I have to see. 
But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to thank Eric for coming in today because because you have to go to your fundraiser right now, right? I have to get ready for a few things. Yeah. This is for the, what's the, the target? What are you guys going for? Uh, you know, what's the, uh, the the like the goal money money goal? How much money are you trying to raise? Let's just say enough to cover all the flights would be amazing. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> This is down over in Lincoln Center right now? Yeah, that's going to be in Lincoln Center area. Yeah, uh, yeah that's awesome. And happy Canada Day for anyone who's a Canadian listener. Uh, I know this is going to be listened to later. Uh, <laughs> it's July 1st on this. How, uh, how do the people that uh, just dug what you said, if, if you guys are listening, and how do they get involved supporting that? Well, they're so, highmusicfestival.com. Okay. Hi, hello, hi, <laughs> h-i-musicfestival.com. And... We just got our 501c3 status about a month ago. That's what's up. Yeah, so it's fully tax deductible, any donations. Uh, you can see more information about me probably in the podcast notes, ericsilverger.com. All right, cool, cool. Right. Yeah, uh, what, what? And Facebook, you can follow me on Facebook. Violinist Eric Silverger. Instagram, Twitter, anything? You got any of those? Uh, I'm going to start up Instagram for this podcast. Oh, nice. shit. It's going to start. We're getting people gets... motivated. That's what we're doing. Hey, yeah. you know? <laughs> he fucking motivated me, man. Talk yeah. About yeah. It's, it, goes, it goes back and forth, right? Yeah, man. That's what the medicine cabinet's about. Mm-hmm. The medicine cabinet is about, it's not, it's not going to heal you like right away like an EpiPen, but the information you get from this podcast will heal your life over time. Trust yeah, me. it's just, uh, I feel that's, like, that's, if we just I'm, keep getting people like, like him oh, here, yeah. right, oh, yeah. share some, like, I learned some things about credit cards today that, but, but, I mean, I can really use right now. <laughs> and like, and like, what he's saying is like, also earlier he said, uh, nobody's an expert at everything, Sam, but like, I guess we're all our expert at something, you know? I learned that's something today, I learned, something. just by being here, that's, that's yeah. all I came here for, was to learn that something, so good. thank you. <laughs> thank you for yeah. coming through. Thank you, you have some awesome guys here, and no, thank I'll, you very much, Chris, it's always been fun. I'll see you tonight at uh, Paquito's place, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sam, for fun. sure. A little plug-in right there, you saw yeah, that? Right. Yeah, I saw right. that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's got 13 grams. But yeah, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Boom, he's got 13 grams. <laughs> For Loop, To Loop brings you future fashion with a fantastic impact. The silicone loop necklaces come in assorted colors, black, white, turquoise, butterscotch, coral, gray, navy, purple, and rust. With sizes ranging from 17 to 30 inches, Pop them on for a splash of volume and presence without weight or the hassle of clips and hooks. Visit forloop2loop.com. Use MedCab, M-E-D-C-A-B, when ordering to get discounts. Make a statement. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the MedCab podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. My good friend, Easy E, Eric Silberg. You know, such an amazing guy, man. Like, I'm always surprised by this guy. He's always got so much things going on. But, uh, yeah. Thank you to our sponsors, 4Loop, 2Loop, and Jellyfish Treasury. You can find them both on Instagram, and that's number 4, L-O-O-P, number 2, L-O-O-P. And for Jellyfish Treasury, that's J-E-L-L-Y. F-I-S-H-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-Y. 
yeah, check them out on Instagram. Look at the items. Look at the necklaces. Look at the earrings. See what's good. Buy something for your mom and your auntie. Christmas is coming up. So this will be perfect timing. But uh, yeah, this song, the track I wanted to drop for this uh, for this episode, uh, we're actually going to be interviewing the producer saying in a later season, Tony Beats from Velocity Music. And... And this track features uh, Pitch Black Brass saying rappers. And then you got uh, Kubanali. And then you got J57, you know. And yeah, this is a, it's a dope track. Saying the shit just bangs. Saying it's a little freestyle session. It's called Nine Live Cypher. But uh, yeah, the link will be in the bio. I'm guarantee you want to you make sure you listen to this heat right here. You know, it's an oldie but a goodie. And, it's, and the shit still bangs. When it's timeless, it's timeless. All right, enjoy. Find me on a playlist Super City Gucci Shout out Benya Benya Poliwag I am on my come up Like a tap hole in the bug One day it becomes a frog You thought you had me figured Nah, haters try to come up too I had to make it twice as hard Like it's OJ Pronto Squeeze the juicer like OJ's Bronco I'm a dip Niggas try and grip the mic But that glove don't fit Can't get it in Then you must acquit Get dismissed This is Chris Kubanali Shoddy force The drama source Sit with the team Plan out a course Show you how to boss Came up in that land of the lost And learned how to dream But the actions of the acronym Acted for me As the catalyst Learned the difference From niggas who act as if And the ones who really Stacking chips through nine sight Stay on my mind like limelight Or soul glow Leroy bite the bullet, I dig a polo horse Shooting from my position, you lost Given the fact I'm real plus how I envision my raps Position the Mac for dominance Prominent pitch black horns, brass conglomerate Y'all niggas fucked up if we wanna spit Lows, pitch, black, crew, get em uh, 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 uh. From my teeth to your ears no middleman, Tony Beats engineering, gold again. Focusing on this round that I'm riddling. I'm living proof that you ain't wasted on a young man. All my life I've been a small fry stack cheese. It's all gravy, poutine. Haters lose me like loose keys, cause I ain't tryna kick it like Bruce Lee. 
Two degrees put to work like no snow day Too clean to wax work like oil of ole Okay, show me the way to the showcase There's no way I won't spit wicked like croquet Obey only one, the ego is king I do my thing and get paid so I can feed on my kin Let he who without sin cast the first stone I dodge rocks and build a home off the hate that they thrown And I'm gone Like a new man, no Wayne Knight, let's play right Bout to take off, wish him a safe flight They watched him evolve, Charles Darwin Brainstorming on him, live from the 718 The native of Long Island, NATO status With my alliance, young Pacino Back at him, Adam Splitter, spit a homicidal Writer, shitting on your favorite rapper Easy, polish a bottle of vodka A day and more accomplished than these fucking peasants I never accomplished, even Vegeta Think your beats better, bring it on I'll shit on him, next level work ethic Words of my brother Chris Martin about time they all see Now Freddy Fox got our back, you know what that means Tony on the drums with that beat ketamine 57 pitch black, spit like you heard click clack sound Fuck that chit chat, we about to take back We about to take back, New York about to take back the crown City, never lived in island vibes, but these office trainees with me, yeah, I'm gritty. Put my bumper close, never test this to refresh, cause I give you overdose, all your pros. I lost within my thunder, they need nine lives to properly recover, don't you wonder? Why they put me on this team, when I play, I play to win, Bobby Fisher, I say clean, dead dream. All your hopes and your desires, running around in circles, make a nigga perspire, expire. Is what it's come to be in my fourth life Now I was a slave in life three, so you see Ain't no time to waste, might be slow on two legs But my mind ain't move with haze, here's a taste Of the possibilities, when your homies come correct Pushing to infinity, infinity Train of thought, it tends to take precise routes Hit him with that left hook, lights out Peace to Mother Mary, glory to the highest Incite the riots, my style's like a virus Inclined to kindness, but I'm prone and on to show off Pitch black group, Tony on the beat and showing up We get so live, why this shit is sounding so soft It's so sad, y'all so lost, I told y'all we go off Plus, got nine lives like a feline Stay so lit to feel like I've been risen two or three times Spit bars, make you stop the track and have to rewind It's old news, it's me time, it's all in my design Sick with the synonyms, throw it down willingly Seemingly seamless, sneak attack like a killing spree I got the whole team like really B, is you kidding me? Admittedly, I spit words of wisdom, so just let it be Like Mario with the flowers Spit some hot shit Then I have to take a shower Style so nasty As if I don't wipe properly Sometimes I'm too raw I stick out awkward First they wanna hate But then they copy copy me So I switch the style up This is what it's gotta be I had a divide I'm talking about camaraderie Break bread with my brethren Splitting up this lottery 
Always loyal to my team no matter what Some get around the money, then they start switching up Blood's thicker than water, but not thicker than the buck Friends turn into acquaintances when it's time to come up They don't call me Crystal more, now it's C-Sharp Life is like orchestra, nigga, better know you par I can sleep at night because I do it for the art Bring you technique and I'm speaking from the heart, what's up?